Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Hello. I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. The show where we help you through the midlife, the menopause. Is that frightening, <gasps> Trish? Oh the M word. The M word, yeah. <laughs> and everything related. And also mental health, growing up, getting older, having a second act. That's another thing I hear a lot at the moment. Not all the fabulous stuff, but kind of some of the stressy stuff too. So we're going to be getting to the bottom of a lot of uh, divorce, issues. parenting, hormonal teenagers, hmm. that kind of thing. But we've also got some fantastic experts coming on to chat about some of these things with us. And who do we have today, Lorraine? Today we have Susie Godson, who I absolutely love because she's so extremely entertaining. But Susie is the Times sex and relationship correspondent. She has a column every week. She's also written books on sex. She's really good on parenting teens and she's very, very helpful and practical around the issue of sex. And that's one of the things that... I don't know about you, but I find myself talking about a lot with my midlife <laughs> friends. Sex in marriage, sex outside of marriage, friends of mine who are having all sorts of new sex after divorce, which is highly new irritating sex, to hear sex. about. Old sex, new sex. Yes, Different everything sex. to do with sex. Yeah. And why your whole body changes, how hormones affect your sexuality, and the kind of sexuality and the kind of sex you have. And Susie's going to tell us what's going on. Can't wait to hear First, I want to I want to talk to you about my holiday, or should I say, my retreat that I've just been on. Fire away! Oh God, it was so fabulous. Uh, It's the first time in more than fifteen years that I've been away on my own without children and without husband. Your twins. My twins. twins, I know exactly. Slightly more traumatic. I deserve extra credit for that, don't I? It was one of these proper wellness retreats, and I have come back like a new woman I feel completely zen, zen. that's I feel, very annoying for everyone else around <laughs> you isn't it I just felt it was about time I feel like maybe I've spent the last 15 years of my life completely overwhelmed at most points of any day you know that kind of your brain is just constantly on you're physically doing stuff all the Manic time and full of cortisol exactly exactly and and it's even that thing of I just don't know how to relax I don't know how to rest and actually I found out on my retreat through a very uh, wise man called Rajesh who was telling me that basically obviously we're all so resilient we can just keep going at 100 miles an hour I quite like that <laughs> so he described it as being purposefully restless so like even when I've got like 10 minutes to myself you probably You're do busy. this We're as well busy I can't sit down I, I better read something I better read a newspaper read a book look up a recipe watch something on tv it's that idea of you're just cramming your brain all the time and my big revelation from this retreat is that I might spend all this time like going to the gym and doing yoga and trying to kind of keep the old body in working order but I'm not doing anything for my mind and uh, I am now going to be doing things for my mind will you be meditating I will be meditating. That frightens me. Does it? What what frightens you about it? Well, being on my own for a start. Oh, really? 
<laughs> what lying on the floor I've tried meditating I've you? had people come to my house to teach Ooh. me I've done it in my yoga classes um, and I can't do it and I find it it makes me absolutely furious oh I think I'm quite receptive to it maybe you're sort of not at that no so I know you've only just started doing yoga in the last sort of year yes. or so well I've been I've been at it for about 20 years now so I'm quite open to all of that sort of stuff did you break habits is that what you oh, did on yeah well retreat? that was that was one of my things that again I, I did I kind of went into it not really knowing what I was going to be doing other than hoping I'd come back feeling pretty fabulous uh, which tired. I did less tired waking up feeling great you know we will have to have habits in they our life they become unconscious they so do they, the things we the way we start our day yeah we never review yeah. the way we start our day yeah. we never review how we go to bed we never review how tired we are during the day just taking 10 minutes out at lunchtime to walk around the building that's a good start habit. doing that have you a that, that's ago. a really yeah. good habit and i think it's it's this idea of we need habits in order to make to function <laughs> we have to have habits otherwise we would go insane but, but i think they it's become looking, structures they that do, trap you and it's just kind of asking yourself how does this serve me you know what am i doing and i'm just you're just on autopilot so every afternoon i have a cup of tea and a big slab of chocolate how is that serving me i was thinking that manic thing at the weekends when you start doing all the washing piling everything up do i have to do it that way could i incorporate this during the week so it doesn't feel mm. like it's quite such a giant task on a saturday morning yeah. that, that kind of thing but that's you being purposefully restless isn't it it's like you've oh, got this it? yeah you've got this time that you could be doing something actually to rest and relax reset rejuvenate watching come dine with me <laughs> well i'm not sure that counts but yes you could be but that's your mind going again are you asking me to sit quietly with my own thoughts <laughs> it's somewhere what, i agree Look, it, i can't even go to the toilet on my own at it, home because really there's a child or a dog or something yeah Yeah, i I get that cat cat normally comes with me just quite annoying but yes i think it's a real art to be able to actually just sit still just to be still but you have to find time don't you finding time is what is quite difficult when you get to a stage in your life where your children are consistently asking Mm. things you know mine is 17 and 7 so between the four of them there is always time something they need and it's very rare for me mm. to be able to sit on my own some, and then when mm. I come to work everybody has everybody's a question. at you everybody's at me, at me. that's at what me. I think all yes. the time that's why I do yeah. my open water swimming yeah. because okay. you've got to get in the yeah. lake with me to yeah. be at me for okay. that yeah. and that and is breathing yeah I love it it's changed my life and when do you you're saying like oh I don't have time to do any of these things when do you find time to do that well I get up quite early right yeah oh, early. <laughs> I'm a 6am yeah. riser but then again you know sleep is it loses us slightly as we get older um, and I try and build it in to the one very regular time I do it on a Monday morning that's oh, okay. when I do it but you have to make that a mm. new habit or mm. and you stop doing something else perhaps that rowing with your children habit. on a Monday morning that's a good thing to stop yes. doing yeah <laughs> throwing them out the door saying yeah. I never want to see you again yes So welcome, Susie Godson, who answers questions about sex all day, all week long. Um, and you've also written this brilliant book called The Sex Book, which um, is it's quite graphic, but it's really helpful and really useful. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask about uh, for women of the age group we're talking to, so it's kind of over 40, is libido. Where does it go? Where's mine gone? Who's got it? I think you've got it. Oh, you know, as we get older and we're in long-term relationships, it's not so much about libido. I think it's very easy to kind of say that, you know, 
changes or whatever affect libido but actually if you think about your life and your lifestyle and your relationship with your partner that's where your libido has gone you're too busy you're looking after your kids you're knackered and when you go on holiday I bet you have more sex I think we probably do have more sex on holiday but then there's a giant enormous expectation around it because it's gone from your (laughs) daily life so we were talking about this Trish weren't we the other day it's just really it's really tricky when you I mean I've been married nearly 20 years and when we first met all we did was have sex I mean I was really worried that that's all we would ever have that it would be a disaster um and now we don't so much yeah (laughs) so we were saying weren't we that it's kind of male expectation female expectation Mismatched libido. I was having a conversation with two gay friends the other night, and all they talk about is sex, and all they do is have sex. Whereas if you talk to friends who are lesbians, it's less important. And there are definitely differences between men and women. And actually, if you look at you know lesbian and gay people, it is more noticeable. However, there's more difference between. You know, if you get a group of 100 women together, there's more difference between that group of women than there is between a group of 100 women and a group of 100 men. So individual differences pay, play a huge part. So you can't really generalise. But, you know, all the research does show that women are less interested in, you know, sex. And, and, and possibly because it's, it's an easier process for men to get pleasure from sex. Yes. I mean, it takes two minutes and... yes. You know, yes. whereas it takes longer for women to get there and it's a cognitive process, you have to get engaged in it. And actually the way in for women is is through connection, through... Um, intimacy. Intimacy, romance, attention, engagement, conversation, focus. And that's why it happens more when you're relaxed, when you're on holiday, because you have that time to attend to each other. Women can't go from cold to hot in 20 no, seconds. No, I mean, you can't go from talking about <coughs> helping revise for exams to exactly. hot, corny sex. Can exactly, you? No. exactly. And, you know, none of, none of us are very good at creating the space for it. And by space, I mean, you know, if you look, if you look at your surroundings, you know, there's a, there's a place for, your, for you to eat. There's a place to watch TV. There's a place for your kids to there's, study. There's no sex room. There, no, isn't there? Or let's really? get a sex room. <laughs> No, the bedroom is definitely for sleep, isn't yeah, it? Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's a place to go to sleep. But where does sex fit into all of it? We don't prioritise it. Mm. And that is very interesting. Because it doesn't have to be a bedroom, does it? You just Absolutely assume it not. should be. Absolutely not. So, and I mean, I guess it depends on how much importance you place on it. But because of my job, I'm, I, I really place a huge amount of importance on it. Because to me, it's about the connection between me and my husband. If we otherwise, are, you're friends, aren't you? It's also that, but otherwise, we're mostly arguing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's good for resolving. Well, if we don't pent up anger if, and tension, it, if I if we're really bickering and then we have sex, suddenly we're not bickering anymore. Oh. It, it has a s- absolutely seismic impact on mood, on the way you relate to each other. It, it mm. it's actually transformative. I do, I do think men well. Get, men get kind of pent up and they, they can't necessarily express we were talking about the funny kind of we were yes uh, the kind ways of, that they try and some, communicate to you that some they want husbands, sex without actually saying they not want mine sex. obviously i would never <laughs> say it out loud becomes a bit carry on if he hasn't had sex you know he's a bit and every time i bend over to get something out of a drawer it's, it's a bit like living with benny hill it's ridiculous and then trish says I'm have t- sex with him yeah, I, I said he needs sex he wants to have sex with you yes that's what, that's he's what he wants he's trying to tell you in a clumsy way but in a weird 
weird way, the having sex, not having sex, is a form of communication. And it's a bid for attention or a bid to push someone away. It's actually you not wanting it is also a form of communication. Yes. Because you're saying you're not meeting my needs. And until oh, you meet my needs, <clears throat> I'm not going to give you yeah. what you want. And actually, couples do that the whole time. It's a, it's a kind of choreographed dance. It's a cycle. That of... replaces talking. Mm. Oh, that's a bit depressing, isn't it? So there's no real physical reason with dropping hormones, anything like that, that should stop you wanting to have sex or having good sex or (coughs) orgasming? I think actually, weirdly, in in midlife, sometimes female hormones drop and, and in correspondence, the amount of testosterone a woman has increases proportionately and actually women can be more interested in having sex. And you'll see Just that... Just not with their husbands, oh, maybe. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> women, who, women who divorce in Younger midlife... Men, different men. ...who had zero interest in having sex with their husbands. Mad so, for it. Mad absolutely. for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's very easy to try and look for a biological explanation, but the oh, answer... Oh, take that off the list. <laughs> yeah. Stress, it's not an excuse. Oh, oh. <laughs> so if you want to have sex and you haven't had sex for a while, because uh, I've got uh, friends who have stopped having sex in their marriage and I'll say they are at peace with that. Um, I would disagree. Mm. Um, how, but I think also there's that thing, how do you have, if you have gone months without yeah, sex, the lo- how do you begin that? The mm. longer you leave it, the harder it is yes. because it, it, it starts to become the elephant in the room and rather than admit that there's this huge, big, grey animal coming between you, people just avoid the issue. And the only way to get past it is to sit down and say to each other, look, it's been ages. Do you want to have sex? I think we should, even if we feel weird, even if it feels clumsy and awkward. All lights out. Yeah, let's just give it a go. And I think you have to just be straightforward with each other. I don't think there's any easy way beyond that. And once you clear the air, it suddenly becomes much easier. Could you go to a sex therapist? Are they helpful? Well, I mean, if you need one, one of the other issues to be aware of is certainly as men get older, there's all sorts of sexual problems and they're really bad at talking about them. and They're really bad at addressing them. And so instead of tackling the issue, they just stop having sex. And that's really, really unhelpful. And also, so many of the male problems are very, very easy to fix. Solved, yes. And yeah. female issues are more difficult to fix. Well, they won't go to the doctor either, so getting a man no, to go... No, absolutely yeah. not. And and so that's why openness is the kind of number one priority. And, and people really struggle with that because, you know, no one ever teaches us how to talk about sex. I mean, no one ever teaches us how to have sex, but, you know, the, the fundamental root of all kind of intimacy is being Mm. able to be open with each other are you finding a difference Susie in the kind of questions that you're because you've you've been a sex agony aunt for a long time and obviously the kind of questions you're getting now from say a younger generation of um, the audience to women our age are you seeing a difference I'm just thinking about tinder generation hookups meetups all of that all the time fluid sexuality all that kind of thing you know I tend to get emails and like I get letters from elderly people, but I get emails from people who have problems. So I don't get emails from people who are having tons and tons of sex, who are having a great time. And so it's a huge bias. And in terms of the stuff that I see, absolutely not. I mean, the level of ignorance in this it's day and age is absolutely yes. shocking. Yeah, absolutely still not shocking. taught at schools 
in the in the in the way it should be yeah i mean i had an email this morning from somebody who obviously has english as a second language who talked about how her partner obviously very young how her partner has sex with her for like an hour and a half before he comes and how it's really uncomfortable and awkward Mm. and difficult and painful and i'm thinking why don't you just say something? He obviously needs to go to the doctor. You know, he's got yeah. retarded ejaculation. It is ejaculation, a sort of taboo, though, yes, isn't it? It's still so that difficult. last taboo mm-hmm. that you can't... Now, so my teenage daughter, and she won't mind me talking about this, um, has a boyfriend who stays the night. And we've had very open... I mean, I used to edit Cosmos, so yeah. I learned a lot about how to talk to young women about sex when I did that. We've had very open, honest conversations about sex, sexuality... But I know a lot of my friends who can't have that conversation mm. with their sons mm. or daughters. And I worry about wh- how that, how unhelpful that is for their young teenagers going out into the world, wondering what's right, what's wrong. There are books, there's websites, there's quite mm. a lot of support actually around it if you want the information. The only thing I would say is that we have this assumption that because all that information is out there for young people that they are able to access it, process it, and apply it to their own situation. Interesting. That's not the case. I mean, if you think about an English literature test at school where they're given a a piece of comprehension and given 10 questions to answer to find find the answers in the text that is straight in front of them, they find that quite challenging stick them in front of a computer with the World Wide Web and ask them, and, and also their problems tend to be personal to them and unique to a time point in their life or a relationship mm. that they're having, it's very, very hard for them to take all that generic information and find a solution that, that maps on to mm. their experience. So I think at a parental level, we, we really have a duty. We, you know, it's great that schools try and do sex education, but it's not standardised and it, it's certainly not you know, given Dependent to everybody. On the teacher. Absolutely. So as parents, we do have a duty to educate our children and parents who can't face it should just stick the right books in their yeah. kids' bedroom and, you, and make sure there's a box of condoms in the did bathroom. Did you see and, um, Sex Education on Netflix? Yes, oh, I, I loved it. You I loved it. <laughs> did you love it? I no. loved it. Oh, well, that's no, I a loved good it. way to show teenagers. I loved it. I thought it was great. Basically about a bunch of uh, uh, teenagers, a sort of sixth form college, isn't it? Yeah. Where, uh, in England. In England. Um, and it's all about the kind of different sexual problems and experiences this kind of cohort have. And uh, the fact Fabulous Gillian Anderson plays a mother as a sex therapist. therapist. What was brilliant about sex education is they had the first ever intimacy coach because they were nervous about the teenagers, teenage actors and actresses having to be quite graphic Mm. in some of the scenes. And they, this this woman coached them through various responses, did a lot of role play, Um, and that's never really happened before. Apparently, on. kind of drama where there are young people having sex and I think that's what made it different because it felt really real it felt that that was the kind of sex teenagers mm. might be having I mean it's in a sitcom type environment but I mean actually I was quite yeah. proud of that I thought it was a good thing to do and the fact that that seems so radical shows you ridiculous how, <laughs> how little sex education yes. there is yeah. and how, how little openness there is about it and well I'm we sure just learned the difference between vagina and vulva the other day because I'm always <laughs> saying to my <laughs> saying to my seven year old please use the word vagina not front bottom and then someone a friend of mine said to me that's that's not her vagina that's her vulva <laughs> and Mabel said We've got a Volvo, and I said, no, that's a Volvo. That's a Volvo. It's a different thing. You can't fit seven people in my Volvo. That's not the thing. Anyway, so Susie, so if you're a couple 
who've been married a while yeah. and you, you want to revive your sex life, you're still having a sex life, what would be the way to move it forward? Because I think there is a second act in your sex life. You've been having the same kind mm. of sex for a long time. You met you, When you met, it was amazing. There was a lot of anticipation and lust and everything. And then you, you could get into some kind of quite interesting positions, which yes. probably can't <laughs> Hips anymore. will not allow Hips. now. No, exactly. <laughs> um, I, think, I think any couple that sort of makes a conscious decision to invest in their sex life things are going to get better but one thing I can I can reveal is that um, I had terrible problems with my husband and we went in and did some counseling together and it was incredible it was like we came we went through this process and because we were talking really intently about loads of stuff our sex life just went through the roof and more closer uh, you were yeah, closer yeah it yeah. was amazing and i think i just think i do think that what happens is you take each other for granted distance you know you just feel a bit distant from each other and you you lose that connection but when you actually start to really focus on each other and focus on your relationship and you take that into bed it really changes everything i mean you can do all the you know the tricks and you can get all the toys but ultimately, the most amazing sex is when you're totally intently focused on each other and the experience. And that only comes from, you know, deciding that you want to be with each other in every single sense of the word. Mm-hmm. There's no magic solution. And that's why sex is the first thing to go when a relationship is breaking down. And it is the hardest thing to get back. To bring back. Mm, but yes. if you make the decision that you are together, this is who you are as a couple it makes a kind of step change and that will often happen at around this time of life because this is a time when women are you know they're older their kids are growing up so they're starting to think about themselves in an autonomous way that they haven't before not so much a mother you're not a mother and you might decide at this time of life that you don't want to be a wife either and sometimes you're not a daughter anymore as well because you're you've got aging parents or your parents are dying so for women it's a very very critical time point and it is the, t- the point in a woman's life where she will decide either I'm in or I'm out. And if, she, and if she's in, she will go back in with a bang. And then that's why sex can become incredible. Better. Yeah, You know, for some women, if you've been in a long-term relationship, maybe, and then you've got divorced and getting back in the saddle. Yeah. I mean, what kind of issues? I mean, it could be around body confidence or uh, what sort of things well, do you think? I, that the, the amazing thing about falling in love and falling in lust is that all those insecurities go away because suddenly you're the centre of someone else's universe and actually that's the biggest confidence boost anyone sexy. can have. Makes you it's sexy. super, yeah. super sexy. And you can see it in people's faces. They literally glow when they're having lots of sex and they're really happy mm. and elated it's amazing but i've got friends who who are divorced and they they, they sort of feel like oh i have to go on tinder i have to meet people. and, and yeah. it's almost like this idea now pressure that we have, have the sex. pressure to kind of just hook up with somebody and have some sex rather than yeah. what the point that you you're making well I, yeah i mean I, you know i think i think that's a whole different ball game i think a lot of people when they come out of a relationship at this time of life they will experiment with that because they've been off the market for a long time and they want to feel you know what's it like to to and you and you have to kiss a lot of frogs <laughs> but you know it is a bit of a merry-go-round yes. you know so yeah. so there is people out there and and when and when you do find the one then it is really exciting Susie thank you so much for for joining us on this uh, session i think there were some very valuable insights <laughs> there and a lot of reassurance i yes. think as well so yes. thank you very much thank you. absolutely delightful thank you <laughs> 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, thank you very much, Susie Godson, for talking so openly and honestly about one of my favourite subjects, sex. Now, I was thinking about all of this in terms of my own two teenage daughters, one of whom is 17 and has had a boyfriend for a year he's kind of become part of our lives but I would say it's still quite tricky when I turn around and mm. they're snogging <gasps> in the kitchen no. I know it's really? I, it's a really funny weird mixed feeling because I just think I'm so glad someone's being really nice to her mm, <laughs> she's still precious and I love down her so throat <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> You always reduce oh, it I'm to sorry. some kind of honestly. But it upsets me. Do you look away? Bit. What do you do? Do you just oh god? Of, yes, oh. you look away. What oh. happens is my husband just goes into the garden or runs upstairs oh. at a hundred miles an hour like he's fleeing a fire or something like that, and then you know he stays overnight in our house. We we've we've allowed that. We're happy about that. It's just a weird thing when you see. I still see her as a really little girl and her little plaits and mm. you know her old teddies are still on her bed and you know and there she is snogging this snogging. six foot two yeah but they're going to do it so you know yes. they're going to do it anyway aren't don't they don't have to be happy um, about it Trish. you know you don't have to be happy about it but i think if they're ready to have sex if they're going to be snogging they're going to be doing it how do you advise wherever. your what happens with yours because well, you're a, girl a little and bit younger a little yeah. bit younger so they haven't quite got to they're 15 at the moment nearly 16 and i think there's sort of a bit of flirting and a bit of dating and I'm sure there possibly has been some snogging going on but I don't think much more than that and it I, hasn't I think more than that yeah probably more than that did you sit kneel down and have a little chat with him about what's going to happen do you know we haven't had the conversation yet it's almost like we're we're fearful of having it because it's almost like if we have it it's gonna start happening but I suppose I probably need yes. to I think he yeah. he'll be a bit sort of like ah like a bit like you described James wanting to yeah, run away sat, from it all we sat and had a chat and mm. then I just thought well He's not been a teenage girl, and I felt because I've been a teenage girl, I might be a little bit more mm. qualified for... But I, I haven't got to the point, and it's it's a good thing to discuss the idea of, you know, do you, do you let them sleep with their boyfriend or girlfriend? Depends on and then, personality. Yeah, I think so. And I think that in places like Holland, where they have family harmony is such an important part of family life, they have much lower 
uh, rates of teen pregnancies and they do say for example in the US where teen sex is just really feared and forbidden so that kind of practical pragmatic social stuff along with your own personal values and kind of what's important to you was it hard for you to make that decision? Well do you know what I think it was very easy because he's such a nice boy Mm. um, and we spoke to his parents about it because I wanted it to be agreed between all of us. I mean, I guess if your daughter's bringing, I don't know, someone like Keith Richards home or something like that. <laughs> or some old rocker granddad. Uh, off his head and 75 oh, yeah. years old. Yeah. Then you're going to say, I just said, you know what, I don't think it's a reasonable thing to mm. agree to. Mm. We said no many times before we said yes. I would say for about three months we said we don't think it's, we're not ready yet. There's that whole thing really, that thing around consent. Do boys understand that? Do they understand what real women look like because there's so much of that mm, awful porn available yeah, yeah. where women are looking a very different way and they're very submissive um, all of that was going through my head but in the end I just had to pair it all back to how happy are they together mm. as a couple you know it doesn't mean that I'm happily clapping saying woohoo <laughs> no. she's a woman at last yeah. I don't I mean can you imagine if it was as you say not yeah. necessarily Keith Richards but somebody didn't like that, that would you be, didn't like yeah. and then I think the thing there is isn't it that you just can't be critical no. or judgmental Ooh, no. about Goodness, them in any kind of way you can't control of, your teenagers you can't control them but you also need to make sure that they're not being controlled in a relationship that they have that all the yeah, you've written about this a lot in your years at Cosmo and I did back in the day on More magazine. Remember that one? And Position it's almost of the month. <laughs> Position of the fortnight. Was fortnight. fortnight yeah. It's almost like the same rules that you would apply to sort of dating as a grown-up needs to apply to them. Not the rules, but the guidelines that we were writing about. Things like find somebody that they feel comfortable with, that they can be themselves with. You know, keeping a social life. Because there can be that thing where they start dating it's and intense. love someone and then they forget everything else in their life. You'd never do that as a grown-up, so it's important no. that they start learning these things as they start dating as well. But I was a bit jealous as well, Trish. Oh, jealous? Yeah, because what? they're in love and oh. it's like their first oh. mad, passionate love affair. Oh. When he goes out the door, she's literally counting the oh. seconds till she sees him again. Oh. That's not the same as but me is and she, Mr Candy. she's cracking on with Mr Candy? What is of us, really? I worry no, about Neil. No, no, no. But, you know, a different kind of But love. it's not as exciting, Trish. No, it's not. <laughs> so we're nearing the end of our first podcast now but before we leave you there are a few fun things we want to tell you all about and we're going to do this every week what we're going to be doing is talking about something that's changing our world this week something new that we've been trying and doing a little bit of nostalgia noodling a little trip down memory lane maybe to the 70s 80s or 90s tell me what has changed in your life this week this week well i've got a bit of a girl crush on somebody that i met she's a model called noella curses masanka and she is obviously gorgeous but she's just the most incredible woman she's one of those women who just gets you to do stuff Grown-up model. Grown-up model. She's a philanthropist as well. And she has an organisation called Malaika, which she's from the Democratic Republic of Congo. And she has started a girls' school and a foundation to support girls. And she just gets people doing good things. She introduces you to people. She asks you to get involved with charity initiatives. And she's just a wonderful human being. So that she's changed my life. Google her. Uh, Yeah, Google her, please. Now, what I'm trying, I like a bit of walking. Got the dog. Do, Do a bit of walking. And I've always been really rubbish at sort of navigating around places. I just sort of 
bit pathetic just leave it to my husband to get the map well, you out haven't have got a, a sense of direction have you trish <laughs> going around i've in been circles. with you on occasions <laughs> fact, going from here to the loo would, oh i know that was fun lost. wasn't it uh but there's a there's a website that i'm rather loving called fancy free walks which just gives you really nice just people who go out walking Aww. and then they that you get literally idiot proof directions and, and and even i can navigate the walks now with that it's a bit mid, mid, bit middle-aged and boring but I, it's really nice <laughs> you started gardening as well <laughs> yeah no, no. <laughs> never. We always do a bit of nostalgia. We call it nostalgia noodling, don't we? And given the very sad demise of my beloved Mary Claire, I was thinking the other day about another magazine's demise, and that was Jackie Magazine. Oh, oh we all yes. loved Jackie Magazine, didn't we? And I, do you remember Cathy and Claire, the agony aunts? You, there must be some in the loft in my parents' Oh, I'm sure there is. For God's sake. Yeah, and you can, see, you can sort of search them up on, on Tintinet. Uh, which is brilliant. But I was just having a think about them and thinking about, I sort of feel a bit sad, really, that my daughter doesn't have... They don't care, do they, teenage well, girls? They don't no, want to but look I think they probably quite like it. Do you remember, like, patches yeah. and blue jeans and those photo just love 17. stories? And all of those. Yeah. Really good. Exactly. Well, when I first worked on a local paper, when I was... Well, I was work experience for the summer during my 16th year on the Cornish Times, but it was in a newsagent's. So at lunchtime, I would just read them all. They oh, were all brilliant. brilliant. Got, yeah. Read them all for free. Yeah, Didn't have read to pay 27 free, pence. Pop them back, they tried cost. not to get my lunch on the edges so Aww. people could still buy them. Aww. And what about you, Lorraine? What's well, been changing your life this week? A lot of fashion in my world, as you can imagine. Editor of Sunday Times Style. I used to edit L. Um, but I was just remembering something a fashion director taught me about because I'm not going to buy any new things. I'm t- really trying not to spend money on things I don't need because it's not good for the environment and it's feeding this unsustainable industry in many ways. So I've started to look at the clothes rotation. Oh. Yeah, this is quite uh, scientific. So you hang your clothes in outfits, and what you do is for six weeks you have those outfits set that save you so much time in the morning. In the two suitcases you've got for your summer holidays, in those you put everything else you're not wearing, and you've got to be ruthless, you've got to put everything you're not wearing in those. And then you rotate them. So about every six weeks, you then go back in, change all your outfits up a bit, mm. and then hang another set of outfits up. And it feels <laughs> like you've bought like you've new got, clothes. But it sounds like you've got a lot of clothes to do that. Well, I have yeah, got, got a lot of clothes. Of yeah, a lot of pink, I've pink got jackets. Lot of lovely pink jackets. Um, and the other thing I'm doing is I'm reading, is I think it's an uh, advanced copy of Clover Stroud's book, My Wild and Sleepless Nights. And she's the mother of five. She moved out of London to have a happier life in the country. But it's a very, very honest account of motherhood and birth and the women you meet. And and also because her children go from naught to teenage, she just tells it like it is. And it's their story. It's it's really brilliant, actually. I've been reading it on the tube on the way in. My nostalgia noodling this week Mm -hmm. is... um, caught a whiff of the perfume poison oh my goodness Do you remember poison? poison yes in its purple <gasps> bottle yes so that was your favorite was it that one and the moogler one i can't remember uh, its name it's angel no angel that's angel. it which is still going yeah uh number my grandma used to wear number five. Oh, she lovely number five yeah yeah you like the um i like the number fives there's yeah. a range of them but my first one was i hope i'm going to say it properly i'm remembering an advert anais anais oh, do you yes, remember that, that one nice. quite floral yeah. quite nice and then i think i kind of got a bit more sophisticated and moved on to reeve gauche you know oh. the Saint i like the ck1 the first oh, ever yeah, that was so glamorous well when i say whiff i mean you could probably smell it <laughs> not, it knocked you over yeah it? it was quite strong <laughs> now as you know we've been speaking to some wonderful women about their experiences for midlife but we'd like to hear yours too 
Was your menopause a doddle or diabolical? And how are your teens acting out? We want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. We'd love you to send us a postcard with all of this information on. We'll put the address in the description of each episode and we're going to read out our favourite stories in a bonus episode at the end of this series. I hope you've enjoyed Postcards from Midlife this week. Next time, we're going to be talking to Danusha Melina Durban. She's a mother of 10 and we're going to be asking her about managing a large family and getting where you want in your career. Until then, bye! bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.